Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Welcome to the program. Always an honor to sit in for Jim, play a small role on the biggest and most important show in our industry. Brian Weber with you. To paraphrase, a line delivered by the great Isaiah Thompson, or was it Thomas? I get confused on this program. I just got back from Chick-fil-A. We'll get there coming up, but I have to concede on a Friday, knowing what you want to hear. I'm only 20% as talented as the Hall of Famer, Mr. Rome. So, Alvin, can we get 20% of a decade? Yeah. And that's all you get because you got to deal with me for the next three hours. Going to move quickly as always. All the fallout from Thursday Night Football, I watched it so you hopefully did not have to. 16 consecutive wins now for Kansas City over Denver. We'll talk about the increasing wreckage that is piling up surrounding the Broncos. Chiefs, if you're not paying attention, the offense is still one-dimensional. Travis Kelsey, and that's it. We'll use that as a pivot point to get you fully lined up for a average weekend across the NFL. And I'm not just zigging when the world is zagging in all candor. Not a ton of marquee matchups still. It's football. We'll watch and we'll be comprehensive with the analysis. Much better slate in college football. Top 10 showdown here on the West Coast as I come to you from our Regal Studios in Southern California, Oregon, and Washington USC renewing the rivalry with Notre Dame could be a rainy day in South Bend. It's all coming up, and we will not deviate too far from what I believe is a winning blueprint. Virtually wall-to-wall football, just a smidge of playoff baseball because I'll be totally transparent. I found the second half of that game between the Broncos and the Chiefs so tedious, I got hooked on what was going on in Philadelphia And I have very low standards, as we'll get to when it comes to culinary delights in a moment. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. Phone calls taken selectively, 1-800-636-8686. It is an ATP Friday. Hit me up on the X, B.W. Weber, Weber with two X's. I did that bit a month ago. None of you got it. Emails, RomanHaveATake.com. But the atmosphere in... Philadelphia was so sensational, even though I don't have a lot invested in either one of those teams. It was a good watch. And here we go with another example of the flawed postseason format. Atlanta had one of the best offensive seasons we've seen in the history of Major League Baseball. They're out. After the buy in the, their first round, same story for the Dodgers, same story for the Orioles who have the best record in the American League. So coming up in 40 minutes, a brief baseball conversation to get you set for the League Championship Series when we check in with Gabe Lax of USA Today. And then as we move forward, just one guest per hour. College football talk in hour number two of the program with Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. Final hour, in addition to all the NFL I'm about to cover, we will say hello to Josh Alper of profootballtalk.com. As always, your interaction on the way in just over 20 minutes You got to get past Jack Savage, who I have profound respect for, but he keeps forgetting. Don't make eye contact with the egomaniacal host. Alvin is on the board because he misread the schedule and forgot Jim is in Boulder. 
And because I follow this show with a great degree of passion, I will briefly address the elephant in the room. Turns out it's me. Yes, we'll get into the kerfuffle on a big word Friday surrounding my apparently very controversial tweet about Chick-fil-A. Jim found it so fascinating, I got a whole segment devoted to it. We'll get there coming up in about an hour and 20 minutes. But as much as I want to be even more self-involved than normal, and I can't wait to read your tweets coming up in 20 minutes. I may have to break format and just keep riffing at that point. I can't do three hours of what you want me to talk about. So it is, to me, astonishing with Kansas City and Denver in 30 seconds or less that I've been so lucky to play a small role contributing on this program dating back to 2017. That is a myriad of shows. Hundreds of lava-filled hot takes. 19 hours of content crammed into a three-hour bag. And yet, the only thing I'm connected with now, taken to a new level based on the Hall of Famer weighing in, ding, is apparently my addiction to fast food. And with that, speaking of something that felt like empty calories transition, last night on Thursday Night Football, I'll skip the rant that I think you know by now, just as football-savvy viewers, Thursday Night Football is unwatchable. And let's just have a quick technology conversation. And maybe it's because I'm old and hanging on by my fingernails. These streaming games, I'm now on this island where I'm trapped watching this crappy game. Now, there's got to be a way, I guess, to have the old clicker working more reliably but when I go over to a streaming platform and I'm going to tread lightly because you know I'm a broadcast courtesan if Amazon called I'd be there in three hours with a tin cup in my hand saying can I call volleyball for you but you go there and I just can't flip around a a lot or with enough of a facile approach and the game was largely unwatchable for a variety of reasons Kansas City Kept getting bogged down offensively. They did virtually nothing in the red zone. One of five conversions inside the red area, as our coaching friends tell us. Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Hop aboard. 1-800-636-8686. Emails. Rome at Avatake.com. You can X me at Weber. Weber with two Bs. Just one touchdown last night for Kansas City. This has been a through line throughout the entire dynasty, which I believe will continue because they find a way when they have to. They raise their intensity against quality opponents. But think about the body of work this year. I don't even have to do a large sample size. Playing down to the Jaguars before they went back to London where they should be on a full-time basis and finally got right. Played down to the Coog Hunter and the Jets. Won that game by three. I'm aware it could have been a larger margin of victory. Mahomes ripped your heart out as a gambler by going down inside the five. And last week, they messed around with a lousy Minnesota team that has proved last year was a complete aberration and really a byproduct of luck. All of those one-score games went their way. Well, what do you know? Regression to the mean. Turns out that Kirk Cousins is going to throw for a lot of yards and a lot of meaningless touchdowns, and Minnesota is right where they should be Less than mediocre this year, 
but they dragged Kansas City down with them, and Denver did the same thing last night. So I'm not in any way suggesting that there are systemic problems with the Chiefs. And if the view is they're too reliant on Travis Kelsey, you could push back, hey, fill-in guy, whoever you are, stuffed into that rented suit. Wasn't that the case last year? Who was the other option? You want to go Juju? He didn't do much. Sky Moore, Super Bowl hero, who came on the Jim Rome show a couple days after winning the Super Bowl. I realize this is how it works with Kansas City. And for lack of a better term, they play around with their food. Still, Kelsey was reportedly less than 100%. Looked pretty good last night. And I'm not going down the Taylor Swift road. I have... Too much of an affinity to grab the low-hanging fruit. That's all the fruit I consume, apparently metaphorically. I'm not doing Taylor Swift commentary today. But clearly, Travis took the needle pregame, looked very rejuvenated when it mattered after he was limping around in Minnesota. And the thought was, oh my goodness, he went down non-contact. It's got to be something extremely severe. Turns out... Reports of his demise were greatly exaggerated. Going to talk more about Kansas City in the context of who do you really think outside of the 49ers and to a degree the Eagles, and we'll focus on the NFC coming up, but who do you think realistically has the opportunity to dethrone the reigning champs from Kansas City other than the teams I hit on? Who else do you believe in throughout the AFC? I'm going to reserve that for a bit later in the program because now I have to stomp on the Broncos. And I'm, again, going to tread lightly because I know whose reinforced chair I am sitting in. And when we get into Chick-fil-A in the next hour of the program, I will preface it by expressing my normal gratitude. By now you should know I'm a clone for the better part of three decades. I appreciate the show as much as you do. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper or What's Your Beef. That said, I realize Sean Payton, there's a T in there, has a relationship with this show. He was incredibly excited to see Jim on Radio Row in Arizona. Talked about listening to him back in the day on the Mighty 690 when Peyton was starting his coaching career at San Diego State. Well, that said, Sean Peyton last night had a few examples of coaching malpractice. And we'll get to Russ momentarily. I'm not in any way deflecting from the quarterback. The real issue in Denver 
is a historically bad defense. And the latest victim, veteran Frank Clark, cut today. No surprise. They're going to slowly clean house after they dumped Randy Gregory to San Francisco. And Randy Gregory's got to feel when that deal went down last week, like he won Powerball. Wait a minute. I get to leave the Broncos. I get to be a rotational player on the most complete team at all of football. Sign me up. Thank you, Sean Payton. But what in God's name was Sean Payton thinking? And I realize this is a small development in the course of the game. But since I had to endure it deep into the third quarter, and I'm going to be careful as to how I phrase this, it was something that was not acknowledged by Al Michaels because I get the feeling as someone who listens very closely, Al is largely detached on these games and he's earned the right to hang on as long as he wants to but something is amiss in that booth it's a tough listen nobody pointed out that Sean Payton inexplicably called the timeout with less than 30 seconds to go in the first half before a punt and obviously I have my own issues but I'm on the couch and I was not strewn with fast food wrappers all around my (laughs) lonely existence as I'm getting very defensive now. We're still only in the first 20 minutes of the program. But even I'm thinking, who called that timeout? Wait a minute. That, the graphic has to be wrong. It, it was Kansas City calling the timeout to have a few more seconds prior to what transpired. Quick series of throws. Harrison Butker nails the 60-yard field goal. But Sean Payton was out of his mind because he's been out of the game for enough of a period of time that he has lost the rhythms. But more to the point, who on that sideline allowed that to happen? Somebody's got to come up and say, hey, boss, you don't want to call a timeout there. Now, Payton, because he has a good media sensibility other than whatever motivated him to destroy poor Nate Can Hackett. Well, who looks like a fool now? Peyton has even a worse record than Coach Ritt, as we called him a year ago, was mired in last year. The Broncos off to their worst start in three decades. Peyton, after the game, owned it to the grease, saying, boneheaded decision by me. Okay, Sean. Well, why don't we figure out how things get fixed gradually in Denver because it is a teardown and we know because Sean put his name on the line which is dotted for a five-year contract he's not going anywhere in the short term and coming up in the final hour of the program I'm going to line up the old guard of coaches like Sean Payton and compare Sean Payton to Mike McCarthy and I realize and I've been very critical of man Mountain Mike as well there's not a lot of Love for McCarthy. The resumes between Peyton and McCarthy are a lot more similar than you might think. I'll get into the particulars coming up in the final hour of the program. But here's Peyton, who I think just presumed, hey man, I'm Sean bleeping Peyton. I got this. Well, how's that working out for you, coach? And it's not all on Russell Wilson. Now I'm picking the wrong day to defend Russ. I realize this is going to sound contrarian, and I've been very critical, if you care about my thoughts as the fill-in hack, the wonderful opportunities I've had in the past filling in for Jim during the holidays to point out Russ has been in decline going back to the end of his run in Seattle. You want to call it slippage. You want to call it a regression. However you want to frame it, he's not the same guy. 
And last night felt like rock bottom, rock bottom. And what was most disheartening, if you care about the Broncos, was Russell Wilson was not bad. He was not the problem the last couple weeks. Five touchdowns, no picks. Last night, just 13 completions. Didn't even get to 100 yards. Couple interceptions. And it felt like when the Broncos had a promising opening drive, they go for it realistically. It was not a Brandon Staley insane decision. Go for it on fourth and manageable. Don't get it. Turn it over on downs. And then Russ throws that gruesome interception. To me, the game was over at that point. But Kansas City, because again, something that I have a lot of experience in, apparently, according to your tweets coming up in less than 10 minutes, they play around with their food. They left the better part of 18 points on the field with Mahomes throwing that interception at the goal line, settling for field goals, whatever that bastardized version of the tush-push was on a fake field goal, if Kansas City had just been economical or had a semblance of efficiency, that game would have been over at halftime. But that's what Kansas City does. They allow mediocre competition to hang around, and they find a way. So what do we do with Russell Wilson at this point? And I watch the talking head shows. I do my best not to steal from them, but I want to know how other outlets are framing conversations. And I saw something that was ludicrous. Is it time to bench Russell Wilson? I understand you are what your record says you are to a degree. One in five is abysmal. I've watched Denver. I have a memory that goes back just a handful of weeks when Mike McDaniel dropped 70 on him and 700 yards of total offense. So in no way am I trying to give Denver their flowers, as you kids say. But this is not all on Russell Wilson. Yes, he was lousy last night. I fully appreciate a stat line that has no explanation or excuses surrounding it. The second pick was on a batted ball, but it still goes down as an INT. But let me remind you, Russell Wilson's contract extension doesn't kick in until next year. And even though the ownership group paid $4.65 billion and they have Walmart money, They're not eating all that salary. They're not moving on from Russ in the short term. Certainly not for Jared Stidham. Now, if we get to 1 and 10, we can have that conversation. But I understand in a 24-hour NFL news cycle, you got to feed the beast. But to me, that is just a contrived talking point. How does it get better? you got to blow it up slowly. It starts with the defense. You got to bring in players that Sean Payton believes in more than the folks he was basically bashing when he walked through the door and unloaded on Hackett. He was delivering a massive indictment of everything he inherited. But we'll find out if Sean Payton, not this year, but we'll give him time to make the transition to next season, is more than Mike McCarthy. Because here's what they share in common defining their career surrounding a Hall of Fame quarterback. And. Sean Payton was lucky enough that his run coincided with Drew Brees for its entirety. But think about the salary cap hell Sean Payton left the Saints in when he walked away. The difference is Sean Payton is a good soundbite. He is glib. He is charming. And Mike McCarthy apparently spends too much time at Chick-fil-A like yours truly. I'm Brian Weber. Just getting warmed up. Did not intend to spend the better part of 17 minutes 
on what was a lackluster Thursday night game. But by now, you should get a sense of my approach. I sit in that studio apartment. Sometimes I walk down the hall. I have a one-bedroom apartment, too. I like to go on vacation. I craft all these notes. I highlight things that I can't read because I have terrible handwriting. And then I start with a notion of where am I going with this? And the summation is Sean Payton, Mike McCarthy, basically the same guy minus the scale. I'll get back to that coming up in the final hour of the program. In just over 20 minutes, we talk playoff baseball when we check in with Gabe Lax. He's the baseball editor and MLB reporter for USA Today. If baseball really cared about their profoundly flawed current playoff format, they would knock the regular season down to 154 like it was prior to the early 1960s and expand the series in the postseason. That makes too much sense. They're not going to do it because no one's going to leave that kind of revenue on the table. All those games equal millions of dollars. But we'll talk about how these matchups are coming together. It's going to be brutal TV ratings, but you shouldn't care unless you work for an ad agency or network with Philadelphia against Arizona. Lone Star State matchup Rangers and the Astros straight ahead. Since I'm now bashing people who are older than me, although I'm getting closer and closer to using that AARP card. Let me talk to you for a moment about one of my favorite products ever, HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? What it is is farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store. You can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, and that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Kickstart a fresh fall routine with HelloFresh. HelloFresh handles all the meal planning and shopping to deliver everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part, and you get to take credit. And when it comes to options, honestly, more is more. That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every single week. I love it. Comes right to the doorstep, All these tremendous ideas and great meals. Find out for yourself. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Use the code 50Rome for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Make sure to use the code 50Rome and get 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. And then a couple minutes on the alleged meeting of the minds between Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. Not a lot of football success or IQ points on display for either of those gentlemen as of late. B-Web, heard you say a myriad of shows question between a pair of intellectuals with master's degrees. My goodness, this is becoming national public radio. Is it a myriad of shows or myriad shows? Does the of go away? Cheers, Eric and Castle Rock. Eric, thank you for listening closely. I appreciate anybody who brings a highbrow approach to a fill-in show. Either usage is acceptable. If you really want to get nerd alert, nerd alert. I mentioned I went to Stanford a long time ago. Is it a noun or an adjective? You're right. The most direct usage would be I've done myriad shows. But if you really want to act self-important, throw in the myriad of. And now the audience hates me even more. Let's get to the fat shaming. Ken and Essay, Webbs, 
If you thought Chick-fil-A was amazing the first time you tried it, wait until you have sex. Alvin, any pointers? We'll talk about that after the program. Nick in Newport, you go after low-hanging fruit. Is that what we're calling McDonald's apple pies now? We'll get into the parameters of fast food. And I, believe it or not, have rules coming up in the next hour of the program. I don't like hot desserts. I know, shocking, based on how I look, right? No chocolate that's been warmed up in my life. Haunted Horse, are you going to root for Logan Rome's team to lose Stanford Bryan? Well, let's see. I have squandered an education that should have been a winning lottery ticket. My alma mater sucks in football, and I like working for Jim Rome. I'm all in with Coach Prime and the Buffs. Alvy, where are the leftover donuts from yesterday? Signed, B. Weber. Mike in Temecula. The fat shaming continues. Dear Brian, watching last night's game was the equivalent of watching fat porn. Fat you don't really want to watch, but hey, it's football. Thanks, Paul and Albany, known show improver. Now, I'm just going to let that one gestate on its own. Three minutes on Bill Belichick, and I'm not going to tell you anything that is a grand departure from what presumably you have concluded on your own. You know just how horrendous it's gotten. And a lot of people myself included, are enjoying, and I'm just going nuts with the big words, say, schadenfreude, the taking glee in someone else going through challenging times because has there ever been anybody less likable in a public setting than Bill Belichick? And I can tell you, because I had a job not only when I worked for NFL Network, but I had more access when I did a daily NFL audio program, and the tech company was trying to impress the league by writing big checks. So I got to go to the owners' meetings. If you see Bill Belichick in the lobby of a five-star hotel, the guy smiles. I actually heard him tell a joke to someone. So my problem with Belichick has been it's all an act. And I understand the methodology if he, as he has done successfully for decades, bullies the media, mumbles two-word responses. He's out of that press conference four minutes earlier than the allotted time, and theoretically, he's back in the film room. So it's all about optimal use of one schedule. Maybe you should spend another four hours, 400 hours, especially when it comes to player personnel because Bill you run the whole show and when's the last time his regime with the de facto GM being Bill Belichick drafted an impactful player on offense Gronk I mean technically Mac Jones was a pro bowler a couple years ago but a the threshold for reaching the pro bowl has gotten so low it's basically meaningless b everybody opts out now especially because it's grown into a flag football game. So it has less than the meaning it barely had years ago. But the incredible series of swings and misses that Bill Belichick has been in the draft room and the war room setting and come up with these picks, unless he's getting terrible advice— All of that blowback has to land on him. And if you want to give him a pass and say, okay, he's got the defensive background. Did I mention that his defense 
the last two weeks, has given up 72 points. Tell me how it's going to get better. Maybe this week because the Raiders are as inept as the Patriots and because he gets to match up with someone from his rotten coaching tree. Think about the grand distinction between what really is the Shanahan coaching tree, that includes James Kelly, of course, down to Sean McVay, thank you, Alan, compared to what Belichick has presided over with all the dudes that left New England and did nothing elsewhere. And McDaniels feels like he's on borrow time because he keeps coming up with absolutely brutal decision-making at the end of games. Throw in Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cornell, Eric Mangini. I'm old enough to remember when he was the man genius. Bill O'Brien is back with Belichick because these guys have one landing spot, and that's working for a fellow who has been given total autonomy. But if you have all of that power, you have to own it when it falls apart. So what's going to change? Nothing in the short term. Is Belichick going to have the self-awareness to know he's got to bring in a personnel executive? Well, I'll ask you this. If you have older relatives, as they get into their 70s, do they become more open-minded or do they become more entrenched? My experience says the latter. We know what this is all about. In the baseball parlance with our baseball conversation with Gabe Lacks of USA Today coming up, Bill Belichick, at this stage of his career, is nothing more than a stat compiler. And I haven't even done the obvious Brady rant. Look at Belichick in Cleveland, Belichick post-Brady, 26 and 29 now. But let's just put that aside. It's all about Don Shula. (laughs) And I confirmed last night what I believe to be true. The official NFL record includes the postseason. That is good news for Belichick but he's still 17 wins away from tying Shula. How long, based on what we've seen from New England this year, last year, and every point moving forward since Brady went to Tampa Bay, how long is that wretched team going to take to get to 17 wins? In fact, Belichick's only nine losses away from having a share of that record alongside friend of the program, Jeff Fisher with his wonderful mustache, and Dan Reeves. So we'll talk about this coming up in the final hour with Josh Alper, a pro football talk. When you have an owner in his 80s, in Robert Kraft, although he recently got married to someone in their late 40s, so there's hope for me. Speaking of octogenarians, happy birthday, Jerry Jones. He'll be leaving 20% of his face somewhere tonight. 81 candles on that big cake. If you're Robert Kraft... How much longer are you going to allow Belichick to try to fix this? He owes him nothing at this stage of the relationship. He's paid him millions of dollars. He's given him total autonomy. And Belichick's going to find a way to get this record. So if he's got to go to Carolina, wouldn't there? Wall Street owner David Tapper like to pal around with somebody who can mumble at him and point to the six rings. But... I'm not taking any glee in what's going on in New England. My thing with Belichick always came down to that line from a movie millions of years ago when Billy Crystal was still relevant, Mr. Saturday Night. And he's this bombastic performer, and he's got the Stooge brother who handles everything he needs in life 
writes some jokes. He's his straight man as well. At the end, Billy Crystal does this long monologue. I made you. I gave you a career. You're the only reason that people look at you. It's because of me. You, you've been hanging out in, in my limelight. And the actor David Paymar pauses and says, yeah, you could have been nicer. And the fact that Belichick chose to go this route, he should not be surprised that now in the court of public opinion, he's also paying the price. U.S. Cellular knows how important your kid's relationship with technology is, and they have made it their mission to help them establish good digital habits early on. That's why they have partnered with Screen Sanity, a nonprofit dedicated to helping kids navigate the digital landscape. And for a smarter start to the school year, U.S. Cellular is also offering a free basic phone on new eligible lines, providing an alternative to a smartphone for kids. Start smarter with U.S. Cellular. Visit uscellular.com slash built for us to find out more. Restrictions to apply. Visit uscellular.com for terms. What's cracking? Welcome to the jungle. My name is Jim Rome. A tremendous Monday to you unless you are a fan of the Dallas Cowboys or the Miami Hurricanes. Lots to get done, so what do you say we get right at it right now? And yeah, we're feeling pretty damn good about ourselves. Five and oh. What I'm feeling in this very moment is the complete and total opposite feeling from what the Cowboys are feeling in this very moment. How about them Cowboys? Oh. No, I mean seriously. Yeah! Sweet inside intel that you got from Trey Lance. Did Trey post up in front of a whiteboard and tell the defense, hey, yeah, don't worry about Kittle. Brock has no interest in getting him the ball. Once again, the 49ers beat the crap out of the Cowboys. And this time, you are no longer Frisco Mario. You are never shuts up, Mario. Don't takes the snap, drops back. Frank Schwab, do they look to you like a team that has given up? How fast was that? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. When you brought the Giants, I was going to be like, I'm going to have to tell them that it looks like a team that's quit, and I'm glad you brought it up first. Yeah, they're just looking for their tea time. Mark in Boston, I never called you a watered-down Brad in Corona. I said you were a watered-down Dan in Denver without the list. So, hey, at least you got that going for you, loser. But, Rick, did you really just make fun of for someone for how they talk? Are you going to make fun of bald men with bad jobs living in low-income cities? Oh, oh, oh. Jamar Chase on the back The Bengals must have looked up in the stands and said, Jesus Christ, it's Jack Savage. No way the operative was going to go there and not deliver. I don't know what Miami is doing. Then the ball popped out. Such a bad dream that when I woke up, I was so out of sorts. Thank God that's not real. Because it was so it's real to me, real to and it was going to impact the rest of my life. That must be the way Kane Nation feels right now, except their dream is real. Touchdown, Jackets! So we to start all over. What does that entail? Starting over. I got a question. Start over with what? The team that you built with the players that you yourself picked sucks. Starting over. We're irate Craig using toothpaste as drywall. Cocking in his cardboard condo. Get intercepted on the play. Robertson in the end zone. The Raiders are going to win. You got the dub, man. Take that and go with it. Why do you have to look for reasons to hate? I know that hate is the new dopamine, and you can't get enough. That's a dub. Take it. Good one, Mona. What's up? How you living? Are you still living, Mona? <laughs> What's up? I got to get out. Here's Andrew Bogish. <laughs> Jared Verse joining us. Bring it to slide my way. Bring it to chips. Bring it double teams. I'm okay with 
that because if you're doing that, you're giving one-on-one store inside, guys. We got some dogs inside, so I'm not worried about nothing. Sounds like your cat needs a little action. Hit the cat porn. If he wants the action, he's got the action. I had to throw the cat off me the other night. I'm like, yo, bro. I had you fixed years ago, Sapphire. Let's go to NoCal. Scott. Good to have you. Scott, what's up? Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Rack him. One of the better calls today. Rack him. Now, Edgy, what's the number on your ass right now? And if I'm a Ranger player, I know you feel good about the run you're on right now, but don't you feel a little dumb? They're on record as being Marlin Hawks, and yet you've been hyping them and bumping them all year long? Welcome to this place. I'll show you everything. Danny Stutzman. Hey, man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Are you still drunk from Saturday night? Nah, man. Hey, we're all good now, man. You know, I go one to know every single Locked week. and loaded! Do you expect any of your thousands of followers to believe that you have never had Chick-fil-A. Please stop lying. You imagine being in the drive-thru line and knowing that B. Webb's at the window? The guy who orders after Webb's like, all right, oh my God, finally. finally. I would like a chicken sandwich. I'm sorry, sir. We ran out chicken sandwiches. Brent Key. You know, people kissing the crack of your butts up and down Peachtree all day long right now, but where were those people two weeks ago? Hawaiian pizza last night for dinner, but game changer now. You put a little old bay on top of that. We go to, as it stands right now, the clapper. The clapper. Appreciate that intro, Romy. Appreciate it, man. Kind of sound like my father-in-law speech at my wedding about me. But if I'm BD, these phone calls are still too easy. The prodigal son is back. I am not Dodger Jim, but at times I've been known to be Donut Jim. Hey, Phil, boy, I got some donuts for you. open will be badass because we'll all be high on donuts. XR4TI is in there cutting up the donuts, blasting rails of maple bars. I'm going to go on a bender. Yeah, my, uh, my belief is when people talk to you while they're yawning. Wiley, I got news for you, bud. He's better than you. He's stronger than you. He's faster than you. Me, me. I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear LT, Blake? That's all I got, Jimbo. Outro. He's kind of a bad Jim. You get a platform. You get a platform. Recalibrated. Everybody gets a platform. It was a terribly cold game by Pete Carmichael. Absolutely appreciate it anytime. Watch out for the Lions. Where do you start when you start over? Starting over. <laughs> hey, thank you for having me. It was a wonderful opportunity. Have a good day. Appreciate you, Go Jackets. It's been a long-time fan, man. Who loves you, baby? That's all, clone. Game four of the NLDS. Tonight. for everyone. Thank you, Jim, and continue looking good, brother. Good night now! Because I am of the demographic age that grew up with baseball, it was my first love, it got me interested in broadcasting, and because this postseason has been so unpredictable, always a pleasure to talk baseball with one of the best in the business. It's Gabe Lex, MLB reporter, baseball editor for USA Today. Gabe, how are you? Well, Brent, thank you. My pleasure. Glad you are available to take us through what went down in Philadelphia. So with the preface, we understand, especially with these short series, the baseball postseason is filled with random outcomes. And Philadelphia just defeated Atlanta last year. But having established that, how stunning is it an Atlanta team that tied the major league record for home runs had a astronomical slugging percentage. Ronald Acuna Jr. doing things we've never seen before. They're done after just one round of the playoffs. Well, one thing we've kind of learned over the years, and no matter the format, no matter how many teams get in, it's really a matter of, of having to play well at a certain time. And there were a lot of uh, a lot of red lights for the for the Braves coming down the stretch. They did not pitch well. 
in in uh, September. I think their starters had about a five ERA. Morton would have been the game three starter. He hurt his finger. Max Freed had a blister issue. Uh, so they did not go into the playoffs in in a good mode. And and yeah, you could you could potentially say that the, the layoff might have cooled the bats a bit. But at the same time, a, a team like Philadelphia, over the course of 162 games, their pitching staff is okay, above average, but you get down into that short series, you got Zach Wheeler, you got Aaron Nola, uh, you know, Ranger Suarez really does a nice job doing what uh, what Rob Thompson asks of him, and that's exactly what he did in games one and four. And then you can you can really deploy the bullpen, and, and Thompson, Thompson played it very aggressively, especially last night. So, uh, yeah, it, it kind of defies explanation, but then when you, you kind of get into the granular nature of these games uh, – you know, Philly is just the better playoff team right now. Talking baseball with Gabe Blacks of USA Today. Thank you for laying that out logically, and I endorse everything you said. So, because you're being the voice of reason, explain to me the Diamondbacks. Now, we understand that Corbin Carroll is a generational talent, but if we're going body of work, Milwaukee had a better regular season record than Arizona. L.A. has been a juggernaut for the better part of a decade in the regular season. What happened to allow the Diamondbacks to sweep the Dodgers? Well, this definitely goes beyond my realm of comprehension <laughs> here, just because, uh, yeah, I, uh, your guess is almost as good as mine. But again, you know, uh, I don't know if there's a less memorable 100-win team in recent baseball history than these Dodgers. You know, they just kind of kept winning. Obviously, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, uh, phenomenal uh, middle-of-the-order guys. Uh, but, you know, you saw Clayton Kershaw the last uh, last few months of the season limited to, uh, you know, five-ish innings, limited to pitching once a week uh, to minimizing the wear and tear on a, on a shoulder that, uh, that he's been trying to manage for, for weeks. And, you know, to, to me the surprise was, was Bobby Miller in game two. I, I thought that that kid would, uh, would really kind of respond to the situation, but maybe, you know, you, you get down 1-0, maybe he was feeling it a little bit, and, you know, you're facing a red-hot D-backs lineup. Uh, you know, leverage is such a big thing, and it's, you know, it's, it's an upper-hand kind of thing. It's almost like an arm wrestling match. Once, once you get that kind of momentum going your way, it's, it's really tough for the other team to reverse it. And so, <laughs> you know, obviously, we, you know, we don't want to say that, that – series was over in the first inning of game one but in hindsight it kind of was so uh that being said uh you know we better learn about the diamondbacks pretty quickly because uh they're four wins from the world series and tori lovello is a great friend of this program so arizona's gotten a lot of run on the jim rome show quick thought about the future of dave roberts and it's no secret in the age of analytics the dodgers like many teams the front office is dictating the lineup. So Dave is more of a middle manager than a field manager. Does he pay the price for a second straight loss to a divisional opponent in the division round? Uh, you know, I think uh, actually a third straight loss. Or no, that's again, maybe the Giants. Yeah. But uh, I think, uh, you know, I think this would be the hardest one to dismiss him because just because of those reasons I laid out, uh, you know, it, uh, they were not healthy. Uh, I don't know if you get a you know a, a fire breathing kind of manager in there that Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman suddenly don't go you know one for twenty two or whatever it was in the NLBS. Yeah, they, they they were ripe for an upset. Uh, you can't really point to one move uh, 
uh, where, uh, you know, where that was. Uh, How about leaving Lance Lennon when the ball was flying out of the yard in Phoenix? Therein lies. That's true. Okay, that and true. I'm not second-guessing, but, uh, but that, that seemed pretty yeah. obvious in real time, at least from my couch. Right. Well, it's, it's funny, too. The uh, You know, usually the manager shows up on the off day to do a press conference. He did it over Zoom because, uh, uh, you know, the, the team said he was still at the hotel with the decision-makers. This was on the off day, hmm. let alone uh, heading up to the game. So, you know, I, I would, again, to your point, I would have to think that uh, leaving Lance out there was, was something – you know, pretty heavily workshopped by uh, by the front <laughs> office, by the analysts. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, again. At what point does it become you need a different voice? And uh, it's kind of amazing. Aaron Boone has lasted this long, and yeah, York, but it's it's because he does what they want him to do. So, yeah, this is this is kind of the the modern manager uh, and his plight, if you will. And uh, yeah, at some point, I don't know. You know, you reach it where okay, you know, Dave just isn't reaching those guys anymore. But uh, yeah, at uh, how much is too much? That's uh, that's something only Andrew Friedman and, and Mark Walter can decide. But uh, you know, again, they'll be back next year, pushing that boulder back up the hill, probably winning another hundred games, and then rolling the dice. Yeah, and still drawing better than three million fans. So everything's good when it comes to the finances. Gabe got about two minutes left, and lousy clock management by the host. I'm fascinated by Texas and Houston for a variety of reasons. Astros, seven consecutive trips to the ALCS. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, no, it, it is really interesting. And it's probably not going to get very good ratings, but for uh, you know, a real baseball aficionado, uh, really, uh, you know, really should be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, you're talking about two masters here, Bruce Bochy and Dusty Baker. Uh, I'm tempted to say Texas has something special going on. I think their bullpen may get a little bit exposed uh, in the in a manner that that Baltimore and Tampa before them could not do it. Uh, in addition to the back end of their rotation, you know, Houston uh, again they they need to get the ball to uh, Hector Neris, to Brian Abreu, to Ryan Presley. So you know this these games I think will be one in the middle innings. Who can force a starter out early? Uh, I think Christian Javier pitching so well against the Twins was a huge development for Houston, and, and gosh, maybe they're going to be back there yet again. We're, we're so used to them. However, the Rangers are not the Twins, so uh, it will be interesting to see if they can get to Javier, if they can get to Framber Valdez, and, of course, Justin Verlander. Gabe, great information as always. I appreciate you taking the time to join me again today on CBS Sports Radio. You got it. Anytime. Gabe Lax, USA Today, a reminder, it's an ATP Friday. Time to ask the pros. Were you the clones? Get to ask me a question. Brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. Submit that question into our inbox. Be listening later in the show. I could answer your question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm going to talk more baseball briefly. In the final hour of the program, think about the overall profile of this postseason. No teams from New York, no teams from Chicago, no St. Louis Cardinals, and now the Dodgers, the Orioles, and the Braves, who all won more than 100 games in the regular season, all gone. If you like chaos, you kids out there wearing your Joker mask before Halloween, lean into it because it has gotten weird And we're not even in the World Series. Talking NFL coming up, hour number two on the way. Weber and for Rome, CBS Sports Radio. Good night, no! 